Welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors, where we get personal with chiropractic leaders, mentors, and influential entrepreneurs. And when I say personal, I mean so personal that they will share about things that they haven't shared anywhere else. Today, I had Tony Ebal, and he is so fun. He's infectious. His um, energy is just so high, and he's got so much wisdom to share. He crushes every single project that he starts, and you definitely are able to see why and how he does this. If you just take one of the gems that he drops in this episode... Uh, whether it's part of his routine or his ideology, his philosophy, and you just run with it, I guarantee your practice would massively shift. Tony has really trained himself in all things that help him grow. He can, uh, you can see this from his routine to his mindset. Even when I asked him if he had any self-doubt, I was kind of surprised at his answer, but definitely loved his answer at the same time. So make sure you stay all the way to the end and see what he says to that answer to that question. Um, And that's the thing. I often talk about this in Elevate Club. Sometimes it matters less if something is right or wrong, and it matters more how believing in that thing will get you to where you want to go or not. I'm going to say this again because I think it's important. Sometimes it matters less if something is right or wrong, it matters more how believing in that thing will get you closer or farther away from where you are going. Obviously, I'm not talking about the right and wrong, you know, don't steal anything, don't do be kind and all of those things, but I'm just kind of talking about subscribing to a particular uh, belief system. For example, you can ask yourself what thought processes, what ideologies, what kind of mindset, what belief system will serve you in getting to that vision that you have in your life. And by the way, it all starts with what that vision is. And I teach all of this and so much more inside of Elevate Club. If you are intrigued at all and haven't joined us yet, check out www.elevate.me, which is E-L-I-V-A-T-E dot me. And the link is in here somewhere. And join us for these trainings that are designed to be bite-sized practical sessions to create micro changes that will ultimately change your life. And enjoy today's episode with Tony as we dive a little bit deeper. Make sure to subscribe, share, like, comment, all the things, and uh, connect with me on social media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors. And today I've got Tony Ebel with me. And I have been watching him and stalking you really on uh, Instagram for probably at least a couple of years and super impressed with everything that he's been doing and the kind of man that he is. And um, he's got a super successful practice that he's kind of in the trenches still. He runs the Pediatric Experience, which is a mentorship-based program for chiropractors, specifically for pediatric and family practices, which I hear lots of great things about. And um, he's also got his infamous workshop, uh, which is the perfect storm. And uh, a lot of this, it seems like was launched after a very personal experience um, with his son. So I am so excited to have you here, Tony. Thank you for giving me this time today. I know. Oh, come on. 
I, I would share that opening statement back. I've been uh, stalking you on Instagram. I open every one of your emails because you just, you do it so well. And that's so, it's so great to see in chiropractic, someone who has just this unbridled passion, but then they match it with a really professional um, delivery of it. So it's just, it's refreshing. I've been learning for, even though we're just getting to know each other, I've been learning from you for years as well. Thank you. Thank you. Well, same. Ditto. So, uh, Tony, I would like to know who you are. <laughs> and uh, so I'd like to start with who you were as a child, like as a five-year-old Tony, maybe five, seven, I don't know, your ch- earliest childhood memory. What was your family family dynamic like? Because what I find is someone as successful as you are, someone as passionate about chiropractic, passionate about community, um, they've usually had have had struggles or certain specific dynamics in their family when they were younger that kind of paves the way for all the greatness that they accomplished. So tell us about that. You know, I think I, I fully agree. I think mine, gosh, I, I guess if you were to interpret it, mine might be just as useful, but maybe on the other side of it, I had such a, a good childhood in terms of really, I grew up on a farm. In yeah. Iowa. So I think everybody who follows me on social and sees the goats and the duck, they, they know that I'm a I'm a fake farmer right now. I'm not actually a real farmer um in, in this life, mm-hmm. but I definitely went five to seven. I'm the youngest of four kids, grew up on a farm in Iowa, three and a half miles outside of town that most people wouldn't even consider a town. Um, I was joking, people are like, Oh, I grew up in a one stoplight town. I was like, we didn't have any stoplights. Nobody wanted to stop. <laughs> and I, it was just keep going. And um, I was my dad's like best buddy, right hand oh. man. Um, I never stopped working from his. I could drive a combine and a tractor at like age eight. And, you know, we had a cattle farm and all the things you would think of as a farmer. And I literally spent my whole childhood um, either playing sports. I was very active. I now know I was fully an ADHD kid. Um, we didn't know what that was, right? A generation ago in a small town. And um, gosh, that stage of life, I definitely was just always with my dad, just always outside, just always working. And um, and then I think a lot of that does actually come into my career, if I think about it here today, because like we always just helped other people. Like farmers are super family and community-based. I mean, it actually doesn't even have to be your family family. Um, I feel like half the days that I was working with my dad, we weren't even working on our own farm. We were at the neighbor or we were at the uncles or or somebody in town. They had an accident and their family needed help and everybody just circled around and and helped them. So um, it probably drives my kids crazy these days that I now love like even when I'm off, I'm doing chores and just, I don't sit down. Yeah. But man, I, I definitely learned that during that period of life. Like, Hey, you can have a great life. And we, we did. My dad was a very successful farmer, you know, tough times, good times, all that, but he just earned it every day. Yeah. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't, you won't believe this. Nobody will. My dad never talked. <laughs> He's super quiet. And so I, I blame him for being so talkative. They, like I'm Tony the talker. Cause I spent all this time with them and he's just, he's just super quiet, just steady Eddie sort of. Farmer, so he's like a super not. introvert, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe so, I had to fill the space, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's interesting. So a couple of things. One, I learned that you were more of a farmer at eight years old than you are right now. <laughs> Massively. Yes. And uh, two, I can tell from just watching you from afar, like community and 
yeah. um, that culture of like helping each other and helping your community is definitely oozes yeah. out of everything that you are doing. So that makes sense, right? Being in a yeah. small small town, uh, uh, growing up as a far, as a farm as an eight year old and your dad being a farmer. So what was it like spending so much time with your dad uh, that in, in which case scenario, like it, that he wouldn't talk? What was yeah, that? You know, I think honestly, and I've tried to, I, I don't think about it a ton, but when I do logically think about it, I'm like, okay, well, the clearly, clearly it clicked. You know, my dad didn't um, teach me all these character values and, and hard work and humility and these, he didn't, he didn't teach it through me to me through words he definitely taught it through me through actions. Yeah. So I guess because God has made me so wordy, I'm like, well, maybe I'll double down with my kids. And so they always see Christina and I, my wife grew up, her parents are Croatian immigrants. She's um, her parents are both came here from Croatia, grew up on the South side of Chicago. They ran their own business. So her and I are definitely modeling this for our kids. We, we hope, yeah. but I definitely make them talk about it too. Um, <laughs> I, I'm always like, I'm dropping them off at school and I'll make them, we have our, family core values. This is so corny, but um, they, all have to, they, they got to give me one before I drop them off and how they would use it during the day. So, but for me with my dad, it was definitely just such a blessing to be near him yeah. as I saw him enjoy his life, you know, take care of his family, take care of others and just never complain either. You know, he certainly wasn't a complainer and an excuse maker. Yeah. And he probably never like described those things to me. We have chats about them now. This stage yeah. of life is pretty cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, just modeling, just that learned behavior. And that is huge. Um, what about your mom? Do you have a good relationship with your mom? Oh yeah, my mom. Um, in her cell phone, I am under Tony the favorite. Um, is okay. my name? And, and you, you were your dad's favorite. It sounds like too. I mean, like most likely, your siblings are not going to be listening to this, so you could say it. <laughs> I was, as a farmer, you need, this is why, again, fake farm, but still plenty to do. So four kids is an advantage because it's called free labor. So, you know, I may not, I'm definitely his favorite because I was most helpful in that way. Uh, My mom is awesome. Rhonda is, she's the talker. She's the storyteller. So if you're hanging out with her sometime, we'll be at a seminar. My mom loves to come to Cairo seminars. So we'll invite her to one. And she loves chiropractors. And if she says long story short to kind of like start it, have another drink. Definitely going to be a long story. And uh, yeah, she took it. She she kept us going with, you know, all the things that needed to get done behind the scenes and moving us all around to school, sports and whatnot. And uh, she just honestly is such a person who just loves everyone. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. That's She's a yeah, so it sounds like you had a really impactful childhood. Now, um, is there a funny story about Tony that your family says, like, oh, your childhood well, or even like young adulthood? Oh my goodness! Well, I was. There's a funny couple of. I was super chubby with you big were? curly hair. Oh yeah, yeah. I I was. What was my name? Oh my gosh! What did my brother always make fun of me for? Oh yeah. So I had this stuffed bear evidently when I was a kid. Do you remember the Downy wrinkle softener? And they had yes. this, the commercials with that. Yes. Yeah. The little stuffed bear. Um, I think I, maybe his name is actually cuddles. If not, I thought his name was cuddles. So almost all the way until high school, until I could take care of him, you know, um, take my brother out. He always called me uh, chubby cuddles. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely had this big curly fro. 
And um, until I got a little older and started playing sports, so like junior yeah. high, high school, I definitely was a little, a little round, little, yeah. little, cute yeah. little chubby guy. <laughs> That's really cute. Okay. That's good. And um, what about if we were to switch gears for a second? I'm curious since childhood to now, if you've experienced, like what's been your biggest struggle or the time where you felt yeah. the loneliest or the time where you felt like it was the darkest moment of your life. You were yeah, that one's easy. And I, I don't, um, I gosh, that's why I, I was like, Oh man, this has got a different topic to it with this secret life thing. I don't know that I've ever shared this with chiropractors. Um, my team, my local homies kind of probably know this part of it. Um, I don't talk about it much, not at all. Cause it lingers. It's just, mm-hmm. God made me such a forward moving person yeah. that um, these just don't kind of come around much for me, but um, it has to do with my dad too, who was my best friend and my, my model of, of how to do things in life. Um, when I was in college, I think it was my sophomore year. So I'm 1920, whatever it was, my uncle who uh, is, is, was also a farmer. So I grew up, he was with us 24 seven my uncle farmed the farm that my dad grew up on and it's a century farm. These are, these kind of terms are big deals in small town farm life. And so my uncle Danny passed away from a farm accident um, on our farm, helping my dad. And um, so my dad was the first one to find him and, you know, all the things, leave it at that. And so as you would imagine, that sent my dad into a really rough spiral um, for a good year, I think it was like two to three years. Um, and I'd never seen my dad struggle. I'd never seen him sad. I'd never seen him, you know, leave out some of the other stuff like that. He just really struggled with. And I was the only one still, I'm the youngest of four. So I was in college, but close enough, um, a couple hours away. So I kept having to come home and, um, take care of my dad and take care of my mom and, and do on. So, and that sucked to just use my Iowa English that sucked so bad to, you know, try and be a steady person for the person who's your steady person. And you're young like that. So I hit rock bottom. I was drinking way too much in college. I had a job. Gosh, I've never, yeah, my wife, I had a job that summer Mm -hmm. that was awesome, but I kept not making it to the job because I was either going home Mm -hmm. an hour away or I was drinking too much and being an idiot at 2021. And I lost my job. I'd had a job since I was like 14, you know, I did like three jobs. It's just all I ever knew. And I got fired and I was like, and it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed to pull my occiput from my sacrum uh, <laughs> and um, be like, okay, you know, yes, it's a rough sledding right now, but that's God prepares us for this, you know, take care of yourself. And so yeah. it was actually a blessing, at least the part where I got fired and um, woke me up. And uh, yeah, it was all this kind of little, you know, emotionally perfect storm, I guess, during that yeah. season. And never, everybody got out of it. My dad got through it. My whole family got through it. We got through it. But those two summers sucked big time. We're, we're rough. Yeah. yeah. So um, how do you, how do you feel like you got out of it? So I get it. You were forward thinking, you're like, at some point, like you got fired and then you're like, all right, I gotta get my crap together. Right. Yeah. But what Gosh. was you know what? I gotta. I'd have to really like look at a. I don't know how I would sort sort this out on a calendar. I think that was my sophomore year of college, kind of sophomore year to sophomore between junior and summer, mm-hmm. um, is when it really hit the skids and was really rough. I found chiropractic my junior year of undergrad, 
and in a very nuts story, I I actually was already pre Cairo. I job shadowed a chiropractor in high school. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with how much he loved his job. Helping, I saw what we were talking about earlier: community and helping people and using your hands. I uh, will age myself here. I yahooed it in the dial-up computer lab, right? Yeah. And I was like, the top school, at least at the time, right? The top schools in Iowa. You get to learn science and neurology. I love that. So I had become was signed up for chiropractic school. I was going to Palmer, but I had never been adjusted. Okay. My junior year at Iowa State, I reached out to a couple of local chiropractors to shadow and learn more. And um, Dr. Elbert is his name, mm-hmm. under care. And I know this seems like a Homer answer as a chiropractor, but that started right away that fall. I, I started to get adjusted. And I, I my brain was AD, is ADHD. It was an unadjusted ADHD brain back then. Never slept, couldn't do any of that. So I would say that came into my life. Um, and then shortly after that, so did my wife, so did Christina and, um, Christina and I were just starting to date and get together. So the two, the two things that have changed my life the most are definitely Christina and chiropractic and they came right at the right season. The right time. Yeah. There are no accidents. Nope. Nope. That's, that's beautiful. Um, are, are there, what would you say, like, all the things you've gone through, obviously that, that sounds pretty painful to watch your father, who's been your mentor, who's been your best friend to go through that. And I know you've gone through some stuff with your son, which that's more of a popular story as in like chiropractors know about that part of the story, but, um, going through all of that, what would you say is your secret sauce? You know what I mean? Like what's been the key to your success, not just to, from overcoming the struggles, but like, I mean, look at what you've built. You've built yeah. the pediatric experience. You have your practice. You've got the yeah. perfect storm stuff. You have massive influence in your community and also in chiropractic profession. Right. So what's been your secret sauce? You know, I guess I, I would go back to the ridiculously positive side of ADHD and being a raging bull. I don't, I don't sit still. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if I were more, you know, liable to be sitting still, when you sit still and do nothing, your brain isn't doing nothing. Mm-hmm. It's thinking and your emotions. We all know could be in chiropractors. We know it the best that if you let the brain kind of be exposed to stress and then don't move forward from it, it defaults to the emotions and it gets stuck in it. And and now you're leading in that direction. Um, So I guess for this little metaphor, you'd be going backwards, not forward. I move forward every single day. I I just have this relentless um, action to me. And, And maybe it's not always like I thought of it ahead of time action. It's just do something productive, do something good, do something to help others. And it's, we all know this, we've heard this is kind of as cliche as it gets, but if you are spending all of your time helping others, you get the most help in return. Like you just, you come out ahead. It's crazy. There's neurology to it. There's all that. So I just never stopped moving forward. And it wasn't really about, I had to have these goals or I had to do this thing. It's never actually been about that. It's really just the day to day, week to week, kind of chunk of time to chunk of time. Like, are you helping as many people and doing as much good as you can in this time yeah. frame? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's actually really, really powerful with, because most people are like, Oh, here's my big vision. Here's my strategy to get there. But on the day to day basis, how much action are you actually taking to move yourself forward from one day to the next day? 
I'm super, super right? not fancy, my friend. I, I, I'm just not like you. The news. I was joking with you about this, right? But I, like, we have fancy stuff in our life now. Like, with the practice is fancy. Looks like Joanna Gaines and Christina designed it together. And then you know we have our new studio and everything else. But if you just kind of were to follow me every day, it's like, well, that's pretty ordinary, you know. <laughs> and and I think that's my saving grace for sure. So that's interesting you say that because my next question is going to be, what is a day in a life of Tony Eagle look like? Like, what, do you have a morning routine? Uh, to a degree. Yeah. I, I am so, you know what? My secret productivity tip, I'll see if I can get it across. I've been working on this for, I share it inside our PX membership and it gets a lot of comments and feedback. So I think it lands. Oh my gosh. And it's so not fancy. When people hear it, they're going to be like, that's not a huge shift. I think every single one of us is so liable to sleep in on a certain day, skip a workout for a certain day, slam some burritos and margaritas on a certain day. So if you try and just kill it every day, you're you're, you're going to like screw up a lot. And I think that eats away at us. I have literally shifted off this like daily routine obsession because I didn't do well with that to a weekly routine. And so I definitely, if you look each day, I, I have to get up early, that farmer kind of DNA, yeah. I got to get up and have my coffee and have what I, I call it prep time, you know, kind of in the summer, be a little later because kids don't have school, um, but I definitely, definitely um, have that prep time. But I really, really have shifted weekly week plan of, I want to get these amount of things done over the course of a week. And it gives you grace because if you're like dead tired on Tuesday and you get half of your things done, you don't finish Tuesday all pissy and complaining because you're like, well, I got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to yeah. catch up. Yeah. So it's it's given me space to win the week. Mm -hmm. um, somebody who's definitely propagated this better than I have here recently. And when I hear it, I'm always like, amen, uh, Michael Hyatt and free to focus he's he's got that kind of like win the week your ideal week concept yeah I, I live by that i like that i like that idea um i would feel for me personally i would feel like i would need like a like a lamp like a check-in point like monday through if the week is monday through sunday then like on wednesday like check in with myself like where am i with this what yeah. do i need to do more of what do i need to do less of and Move That's forward. my Thursday. So I keep within that, if we break it down a little, I keep this I got from Tim Ferriss's book. What was the name? Was that big old Tools of Titans book where he just uh -huh. like, had all interviews of all of his podcasts? I had that thing highlighted and I took out all these little kind of life hack snippets, which yeah. is, you know, that's his brand. Um, and having and I, it felt so unbelievable at first. Um, oh, gosh, this will be perfect for you. I'm sure you do this in, to a bigger degree. I have to have a free day. Oh, it yeah. started as a free shift. So I, I think right where chiropractors, you have an AM shift and a PM yeah. shift. So I also cheat that way. I look at the week like there's 10 shifts to it mm -hmm. instead of five. So if I can crush a half a day and get as much done in half a day, somebody would in one day. Yeah. I got twice as much. I kind of doubled my time, which is supposedly not able to do. So I started with a free shift. I used to have Wednesday mornings off. Mm -hmm. and I would schedule no meetings, no nothing. And then I could just use it how I wanted to use it. Yeah. I've been able to move that to just flat out Thursday, the That's entire awesome. day, Thursday, I can spend it all day working if I want, or I can spend it all day golfing and mowing yeah. my farm if I want. That's which is, which is beautiful because it keeps you creative too. Yes.
So I've, I've been doing that and I've been, I only work Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Like if you look at my calendar, those are, but those days I'm getting work done that most people (laughs) will take them an entire week to do so. Uh And then I have uh, third Fridays. I don't work and hang out with my kids. Thursdays. I um, have it blank for create for just to be creative for like thinking hour. I want to like sit down and be like, what do I want to experience? Where do I want to take things? And then also scheduling in, since we're on this topic, like scheduling in your vacations, scheduling your, the week off. I take, um, I started this, uh, recently, like past few months, I'm taking one week off of every month. Oh, wow. It sounds excessive, but I kid you not. I come back from the vacation or the time off that I'm taking. And you know how you have on your to-do list sometimes, please say that you do too. Um, but sometimes you have on your to-do list things that you've been trying to do for six months and it's not difficult or challenging. It's just stuff you maybe don't want to do, or there's something stopping you from launching a project. I come back and literally the following week after vacation, I don't know what it is about it. I get all that stuff done. And then it's like, it's like magic. Yeah. I I call it the loitering stuff. This stuff Ah. is loitering in your planner. Yeah, you have to have, I do. I, I, that makes perfect sense. That, that secret formula there, because it's like, you do, you come back fresher that next week. So even, you know, annoying stuff, you can just knock out, knock out, knock out. I love that. We've, we've lived since opening. We take at least one week and then one of them, we turn to two weeks, um, every single 90 days. And it's on the calendar, you know, at least two quarters ahead of time. And so I, I do, I'll do like, uh, you know, 10, 11 week sprint mm-hmm. intentionally. And actually within the week, I have my family time and my personal health time blocked like none other. Um, so each week is great, but obviously the week of vacation is extra great, you know, yeah. or two. Yeah. yeah. So that, that is crucial. Cause then even if you are in a sprint season, but you know, four weeks from now or whatever it is like, Hey, we're going to Florida. We're going yeah. here. It helps. It so helps. Looking forward to something too is, is always helpful. Um, cool. So I want to know um, if you still experience self-doubt. Not anymore because I've never, and maybe I, I've never counted on myself too much. That's my first instinctual answer to that. Um, and I've, there was a couple of years ago, I was speaking at an event and I wanted to drive this point across Cause I feel like I've always not been very helpful to people who have a lot of self doubt, who have had a lot of struggle. And um, that eats at me because I just, it's the chiropractor in us. We want to help everybody. And I know strategically that doesn't make sense. I don't do that with my practice. We're not like you age out at 65. Um, So we're not necessarily trying to help everybody, but anyway, I guess where this all dances around in my head with, with chiropractors and people who then want to serve others, and especially where I was before helping out with that chiropractic organization, their specialty, because that amazing doc story was struggle to mm. success. Mm. So I found myself around a lot of chiropractors who had a lot of self-doubt mm. and a lot of challenge. And it broke my heart that I was so not helpful with to them at this certain thing. My answer was like, well, stop sitting around and worrying about it. Why don't you just do stuff? Every My answer before was my answer, yeah. but I get that that's an easy answer for me because I'm, I made that way. Mm-hmm. If I, if I add another chapter to this, why I would honestly answer, I, I 
very rarely, if at all, struggle with self-doubt. I don't rely on myself too much. Mm-hmm. I rely on God. I rely on Christina. I rely on my team. I rely on our community. I rely on, I know that if I give as much help as I can to others, I've got an amazing crew of homies that will be there for me the moment I would need it. Yeah. Um, I've got that credit earned up with them and I'm not doing it for that, but heck, in case I need it, I'm yeah. confident in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just kind of have this no fear. Oh my gosh. The cheesy t-shirts that we grew up with. It just popped into my head, but remember the no fear brand? Yes, oh, I do. Yeah. I just said that out loud. And I definitely had some no fear t-shirts. Maybe I should have kept them. Maybe that's why. Maybe they came through like osmosis. <laughs> All right. So good. So much wisdom in, in this little bit of time that I'm spending with you. So next couple of questions, I want to like, um, get through really quickly. They're like real quick, quite fun questions. Well, the first question you kind of answered, but I'm curious if you had any other, do you have any other childhood nicknames aside from cuddles? Runt man, runt man, uh, runt man. Like are you in T cause I'm super short and uh, now my baby number four who never stops talking just like me, her nickname is tiny. So it's runt and tiny. There. That is so cute. Um, tell me what kind of car do you drive? Oh, I have an F-150 truck. I am, it's far, farm life. Greatest vehicle in mm-hmm. history. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And uh, what kind of student were you when you were in high school? Like A student, average C student? Oh, I'm a, I'm a flat out nerd. Grades ma- and everything matters to me. I still had, I didn't have chiropractic at that time. So yeah. I, I would smoke a test. Like I took the ACT once and, you know, almost hit the top of the bar. And then, but I forgot to turn stuff in. Then when I got to chiropractic school and I was getting adjusted, I everything, every quiz, every test, every assignment. My wife makes fun of me to this day. I got one B at Palmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, B, well, let me be tactic B plus. No, no. All right. And um, still pissed about it today. Super pissed about it. Not happy. You know, won't talk to that professor if I see him. <laughs> okay. And I know you worked the farm early yeah. on. Like that was part of the thing. But um what about like your very first paid job? Uh, so my very first paid job was um, simultaneously, you did two kind of like two shifts during the day. I walked beans. So it's still on the farm. It was just for others. Meaning like you literally just walk in bean fields and pull out weeds. And it was actually, we wish we still did them. Once kids would be healthy and not everything would have Roundup in it. The reason uh-huh. people don't do it anymore is because they just spray all the weeds and kill them. Um, yeah. And then I also built grain bins. These were terrible jobs, but that sparks. I got to tell you this. I know short answer, so I'll be quick. I started my first business at 16 with a hay baling business. A buddy of mine, we both rented, we borrowed money from the bank. So I was an entrepreneur at 16. We borrowed money from the bank for a 26 acre alfalfa field, used our dad's equipment, got our buddies to bail it with us. It was horrible work, terrible work. And then we would sell this hay to horse farmers for like $500 to $1,000 every week. So I was literally like one of those as a high school student, just like a rich high school student who's, you know, I had sweet CD players in my cars, you know, that sort of stuff. That's how it all got started. That's the first business for sure. Business, Yeah, first job and then first business. And Tony, who's been the biggest influence in your life? I got a rapid fire. So Dr. Elbert, my dad. For sure. Um, growing up, 
And then Dr. Albert was my chiropractor in undergrad, another study at a quiet lead by example. Dr. Mike Cody is who I interned with and taught me how to take care of kids and be a tonal adjuster. He changed my life. I love him. He's no longer with us. Um, God rest him. And, um, and, and those were, those were definitely the ones that just got me to where I am right now with, without them, not a chance. That's really cool. And, um, so what is exciting in Tony's life? What's coming up? What are you working on and where can people find you or get more information? Yeah. Oh, we're going for it. And I hope, um, I hope people understand the bigness of this when I lay it out here for a minute. So we have the practice and we're gunning for 2 million. We want to build it to a 10 million. And I know a lot of people have heard that before within chiropractic. And so I don't want to dismiss that, but, um, you know, building a big practice has been done before locally. Then the pediatric experience, we're almost to a thousand members in our membership. We're almost to 400 graduated through our CERT program with Life University. Love that. I feel like I'm dismissing these. These are fantastic big visions. But what we just unleashed is what we call our PX Docs network and platform. Mm-hmm. You'll love this, Ona, because it has everything to do with Instagram, SEO, Facebook, email. Mm-hmm. So we are going directly to the public with our PX Docs. So pediatric experience is PX for short. PXDocs.com. I have hired an entire team of SEO, writing, marketing, video. We just built a $300,000 studio. Um, and that's just the hard cost. We, the team will literally invest um, tens of thousands of dollars every month. We're going to produce content at scale that represents not just PwC, and it's also not reaching chiropractors. And then I do a good job of this, counting on training them to market and communicate and reach others. We're going straight to the public and we're going to, like Dr. Axe is a mentor in my life right now. We know some people that have gone gigantic with their brand, right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, because it isn't any of these people's stories, like it is mine with my history and with Oliver, with pediatric pure principal chiropractic, people have done it with a different product that they deliver, right? One that you could buy online or one that you could go, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Josh Axe, you know, these are mega brands. Mm-hmm. We're going that way with pxdocs.com and we're going to drive traffic to that site. We're going to build the biggest social platforms and we're going to reach millions of moms per month with hope-based content, education and answers-based content. And then we're going to drive them to the directory. And they're going to go get life-transforming care from someone I've already trained and can trust to take care of them. So PX, the middleman, that was the necessary have enough boots on the ground that when we unleash this online platform and take over the internet, because I'll finish with this. I'm just so damn excited about it. Good. Guess who's not on the internet because they don't think they need to be? Pediatricians. <laughs> See? You know, you studied it. They are so outdated, not only clinically, they're going to wake up in a couple of years and they're going to be replaced as first choice for millions of families. And they're going to go, what? The H-E double hockey sticks happened. And it's going to be pxstocks.com. That is what happened. All out. So I would, so I'd love to send chiropractors there. You can use those articles to share with your patients. You can find out about the pediatric experience and how to get on the directory. You have to earn your way on that directory. This is not pay me something. I don't, the practice is beautiful. Everything I do with PX and PX stocks is pure mission. 
don't need to do it in a great, very amazing way. And so um, you have to get trained. You have to go through and, and test out to get onto the directory. And so chiropractors go to PX docs, PX docs, and um, you can see it all there. That is awesome. I love, love that vision. And I can see like the thread, like, oh, I start with my practice. I'm going to help chiropractors expand. And then this is the massive expansion. Boom. Full. Love it. Exponential, you know, literal, we throw around these terms, 10X or, you know, that sort of stuff. And um, literally you're doing it. Yeah. I just think we've all sat around too long and we've, I, I read it from chiropractors. They come into like our Facebook group and that's a great one to follow too. Pediatric Chiropractic Today is our Facebook group. Um, but they'll give the answer when we ask them what's holding them back from reaching more moms and kids in their family, in their community. Sadly, about half of us in this profession blame them. Mm-hmm. The answer will come across and go, oh, they just don't know. or that they don't. That ain't their fault. Right. That's ours. So Rhonda, who we were talking about before, my mama, she used to teach me if I was pointing the finger at someone else, blaming my brother, you know, the annoying parent stuff that eventually sticks. Three of them are pointing back at you, Anthony. Ooh. Handle it. So I use that on my children. Thank you, Rhonda. Yep. <laughs> We're going to handle it. Awesome. What a beautiful mission. And I appreciate you so much because I know you're busy with everything that you are doing. So the time that you gave me today is really, really valuable. Learn some stuff. I know that people are going to listen to this and they're going to hopefully, if they're smart and taking notes and doing things and going and checking out all those links. Thank you again for being part of this. And um, thanks, Tony. You got it, buddy. This was a blast. I couldn't wait to meet you and chat with you. Let's keep this going. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. Or if you're watching, thanks for listening, for watching. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back with the next episode of Secret Lives of Chiropractors. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me, and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.